Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, as we kick off our Christmas Together series, I want to read to you a passage of scripture that is on the birth of Jesus. I know, big surprise there. But let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and it reads as follows. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken while cre- this is this is one of those names for those of you that might be expecting a kid. Here's an available name, okay? Quirinius, all right? That's yours. Who wants that name? Quirinius. Come on now. He was the governor of Syria. Come on, let's welcome the Holy Spirit back in again. All right. All returned to their own towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. So he traveled from the village Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, who was his fiance, who was obviously pregnant at this time. When the text says here, who was obviously very pregnant, this is letting you know that she's ready to pop, all right? She's ready to have this baby. Verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the village inn. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Let's take a moment to pray now and let's get into our message. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you, God, for these moments that we are sharing together. God, we pray that as we get ready to um, receive this new teaching series that we would really grab a hold of everything that you want to show us from your word. We are going to take this teaching series right up to the point where we celebrate and recognize your birth. It is a very centering event in our lives. And so we just pray, Father, that at this time of year, we would receive everything that you have for us. And now just speak to us. Allow us to hear your your word clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do not miss the moment. So 2020 has been quite the year, right? I mean, at the time of this recording, uh, the COVID cases are starting to spike again. There's an increase in the amount of people who are contracting this virus. The good news is, is there's a couple of vaccines that are on their way. Come on, what a time to be alive. And uh, when I think about 2020 and everything that has happened, it's really caused this year, more so than any other time that I can remember, to be a year where I pause and I reflect. It's been a year where I pause and I reflect. Now, I also turned 40 this year, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I know I don't look a year over 39, but I'm 40, okay? And uh, and so it might be both of those things working together, but I have found myself reflecting more this year on everything that has happened more than I can ever remember. Again, I don't know if it's quarantine. I don't know if it's because I just turned 40. Probably both. But um, 
because of everything that's been going on, I've had these moments where I've stopped and I've reflected. And I think you've really been the beneficiary of it because I feel like my stories over the last few months have been on point because I love telling stories in my sermon. So I got a story for you as we talk about moments and reflection. I'm going to take you back to the month of March. And in the month of March, March 22nd, we were getting ready to celebrate our one year anniversary as a church. We launched Lighthouse Church on March 24th of 2019. And we had set aside Sunday, March 22nd, to be the day that we were going to celebrate our one-year anniversary. Come on, we were going to do it big. Because all the parents out there know that that one-year-old birthday party is big. You got to go big for one. You know, it's almost like a way, I think for first-time parents especially, that party's for you. Like, you didn't mess it up. You got to the first birthday party. Um, But as a church, it was kind of like that too. It was like, hey, we didn't mess this thing up. We get to have a one-year-old birthday party. We were so excited. And like every church, really, in this this, uh, nation that we live in, we got the news. um, You guys can't have any more church. We are going to lock down our state. And so the entire state of California went into the lockdown mode. My kids, they, um, after their Friday before spring break, I mean, they just said, hey, uh, the spring break, we're just going to add a week on the front end of spring break, and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks, okay? And, and like, they've never gone back to this day. And, and, and so this was all happening in March. And um, what it did was it canceled our big party. And I was in my feelings. I'm going to be honest. Okay, I was in my feelings about that because I'm like, come on now. We've got the preacher. We've got the program. We've got the cake. We've got the coffee. We were going to go so big. I think we were going to shoot confetti out of a cannon. It was going to be a blast. And we didn't get to do any of that. And I remember that morning on March 22nd getting up. And I was gathering my family for online church. I'm like, all right, kids, come on. Let's come down for online church. And admittedly, I was bummed. That Sunday morning, as much as I wanted to be into it, I wasn't as into it as I should have been. And I'm going through the motions of, come on, we got to gather. We are going to watch online church. And then something happened. My 10-year-old son, Jaden, he comes downstairs and he's got these things in his hands. And he's like, Dad, I made us all lighthouse bracelets for our one-year anniversary. And he wrote this letter to me, Joanna, and to my other two sons. It was a letter to mom, dad, and my brothers. And he, he was so thoughtful to write this letter um, to celebrate the one-year anniversary. And it was such an incredible moment for me and my wife. I mean, I, I, I might have had some dust in my eyes because some tears started coming down. Um, but, but in all seriousness, it was such a touching moment because admittedly, I, I was over here like, oh, man, we're not doing it the way we should have done it, the way that I wanted to do it. And my son, he created this moment for us. And we sat down so proud and we watched our online broadcast. But um, that's been such a moment of reflection for me that my 10-year-old son didn't allow everything that was happening with COVID and the shutdowns to really swallow up a day that was significant, a day that was meaningful. And he celebrated and he gave us bracelets and he gave us his letter. And he was like, mom and dad, you guys did it. We made it to a year. You know, Jude and Jackson, we did it together. I'm so happy. And um, that was a powerful moment. And as we head into the Christmas season, I want to remind you about moments like that, because that was a moment for me. 
But I want for you to have moments. I, I, I want for you before this year is over to have moments like that. Moments that really cause you to stop and pay attention to what matters most. I, I don't know if they've ever been through something like that where you thought what was so important was what was going on in your life. And then you had a little wake up call like, no, 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 don't miss this moment. And, and I want to make sure I get all of our hearts and our spirits ready for the moment that I feel we can receive in this month of December. So in our text, let, let, me, let me paint this picture for you, okay? When we get to Luke chapter 2, we are getting the context of the location of Jesus' birth. Now, Joseph and Mary, they lived in Galilee. They lived in Nazareth in Galilee. And it's actually the place where Jesus would do most of his miracles. If you were to go back to some of the sermons we did all throughout um, the early part of COVID, if you remember, I preached on every single miracle, but you'll see that Galilee was Jesus's home base. But right about the time that Jesus was getting ready to be born, um, the emperor at the time said, we're going to take a census. I want to know how many people I have in my kingdom. And so Joseph and Mary had to go be counted. And so they had to go to Bethlehem. That is why they left their home to go to Bethlehem, because that was the city where Joseph's family was from. While they arrive at Bethlehem, and when they finally get there, that's the moment that Jesus would make his arrival. Okay, catch that. They get to Bethlehem, and when they finally get to Bethlehem, that's when Jesus arrives. Now, his arrival, that's a moment. Jesus' arrival That's a moment, and that's a moment that I'm going to teach from that I want to make sure you don't miss. Now, are you ready to write something down? For those of you that are taking notes at home, like I say, take out something and and write this down, okay? Because if you don't like to take notes, you should write this down anyway. Number one, moments are rarely planned. Moments are rarely planned. Imagine for a second, I'm going to paint a picture for you, and uh, the ladies at home that have already had children, this is really going to resonate with you, okay? Imagine for a moment that you're expecting your first child. Okay, now all the baby showers have happened. You've gotten the nursery ready. You you have already nested. All the women know what nesting is, and all the single people are like, "What is he talking about?" Okay, you'll get there. Um, all the women that 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 um, that you've got the house ready. It's you've nested. You've got the bags packed for the hospital. Now imagine for a second, your spouse says, hey, we're going to go to my parents' house for the weekend. Let's go up to Los Angeles for the weekend. And you're probably thinking, ah, do we really got to make this trip? Uh, it's getting kind of close. No, no, it's fine. You got another two weeks. You're going to be fine. Come on, let's go to L.A. We'll be back tomorrow. So you say, what's the harm in that? Let's go. And so you travel to Los Angeles. But when you are in Los Angeles, all of a sudden the baby's coming. <laughs> Think about that for a second. You've prepared the house. And uh, your hospital bags are at home. But this baby, this baby is coming now. Now, for all of the people that have had kids, you know this. You've already established a rapport with your doctor. You, you, you've gotten so used to your doctor, all the checkups and the appointments and the sonograms and all of that. And, and so you have a great rapport with your doctor. And especially if it's your first kid, that doctor's become like family now. Like they, they feel like an aunt at this point or an uncle, depending on who they are. But um, so, so you've got your doctor. You know, you know exactly where your kid is going to be born. Shout out to everyone that had kids at Sharp Mary Birch. That's where all three of my lions made their entrance into this world. But you're in Los Angeles. 
So you don't have your hospital bag. You're going to go to a hospital that is not your hospital. You're going to be, you're going to have to have a doctor who is not your doctor help you deliver the baby. All the women, you're probably getting anxiety as I'm telling you the story. You're like, why in the world did we go to L.A.? Why would we leave our home? But that's how Jesus made his arrival into this world. That's exactly when Jesus made his moment. And all of that was necessary to create this moment. To understand why it's necessary, you got to go back to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. It says, but you, Bethlehem, though you are a small, I'm sorry, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. What does that have to do with anything, Pastor Josh? Micah 5.2 is a messianic prophecy. And that messianic prophecy is saying that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. You see, if Jesus is born in, if, if Jesus is born in Galilee, now we've got a conflict with the word. So Jesus has to get to Bethlehem in order to be born. If he's born in Galilee, we don't have the moment. And so Jesus has got to get to Bethlehem in order for there to be that moment. And not only is it a moment, but it is a fulfillment of the prophecy. And, and here's the thing about moments. Moments will happen when you least expect them to happen. Moments will happen just like the birth of Jesus because Joseph and Mary, they, they did not anticipate Jesus coming in Bethlehem. I think they would have made some reservations at the end. And we'll get to that in just a moment. There would have been a plan for this, but they didn't plan for this. They did not plan for Jesus to come. Dare I say Jesus was probably early because they certainly did not expect him to come when he came. But what it was, what happened by him being born in Bethlehem was it fulfilled the prophecy. And this is now beginning to tell the story that this is the son of God. This is the Messiah. This is the one that the Jews were waiting for. And so when, if you're saying, Pastor Josh, how do I get these moments that you're talking about? How can I get these God moments in my life and see these moments in my life? Well, you have to be open to God doing things in places you least expect him to do it. I know that messes with you at home who are OCD because you want to put God in this nice, neat little box and he's got to move according to the way that you want him to move. But that's rarely how it happens. The moments that we find in Scripture are much like the birth of Jesus. It happened in a place that they least expected it to happen. So look for moments when you least expect it to happen. And that's what happened to me. That's what happened to Joanna. We did not expect our son to come down with these bracelets that he had been working on for us. With this letter that he had written for me, for my wife, and for our boys. We didn't expect that moment. But that's the power of a moment. It shows up when you least expect it. And oftentimes it shows up in a place that you didn't expect it to happen. But just remember this, y'all. God is not subject to our time. We are subject to God's time. We are subject to God's time. So again, moments are rarely planned. Second thing that I want you to write down. You need to make room for moments. You have got to make room for moments in your life. I've been, I, I've been um, really just such a big proponent of having morning time with Jesus. Uh, for those of you that have been 
part of our church and a part of our journey, I've, I've been shouting this, like, make Jesus the first part of your day. Before anything else happens in the morning, you got to get up while the house is still and the kids are asleep. If you have kids, um, you got to get up and have some time with Jesus every morning. I mean, that's the best way to start your morning. It's like Jesus right here and then coffee, okay? It's like Jesus and coffee. Coffee's not, uh, not too far of a real, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's right there, okay? Uh, but in all seriousness, um, it's so important for you to start your day with Jesus. And here's something that I do. It's, it's, it's a part of my ritual. It's my rhythm. It's my routine. When I have my time with Jesus, I carve out just, just this moment where I say to him this. I said, Jesus, I, I'm opening up my ears today to hear whatever you want to say to me. And, and I'm focusing my eyes on anything that you want to show me. Go ahead and speak to me, God. I, I am aware and I'm awake. And what I am doing when I say that is I am inviting him into my day. It's a way of saying I'm going to intentionally be on the lookout for however he may want to come. However he wants to bring a moment into my life, I'm making room for it. I'm going to clear out the clutter, the clutter of the day, the, the busyness of the day. Right here at the first part of my day, I'm going to say, Father, I'm making room for you. Now, if you really want to get his attention, say what Samuel said, the young prophet, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. I promise you, if you say it in the old English, he's 10 times more likely to speak to you. In all seriousness, in all seriousness. Um, how often do you ask God to speak to you? How often? I mean, if you don't invite him into your day, if you don't invite that moment into your day, you're not going to be aware when he's trying to get your attention. But, but when you say to him at the very start of your day, when you make room for a moment, you are intentionally submitting yourself to hear the voice of God. Now, the reason I'm such a big proponent of that is because of this. Our culture has glorified and married ourselves to busyness. I, I don't know why. But we have, as a nation, become addicted to being busy. We live in a culture that does not value rest. What I'm going to say right now, get this in your spirit. We have falsely equated rest with laziness, and we have falsely equated busyness with productivity. Yeah. We have falsely associated busyness with productivity, and that can't be further from the truth. Do you know that God can do far more alone than he can with you? I don't even know that. There's actually a psalm. I didn't put it in my notes, so I'm not going to reference it. But there's actually a psalm that says, while you are sleeping, God is still working. I'm paraphrasing that. But while you are resting, God is still working. And, and rest is so important because it becomes our release from us striving, from us working, from us trying to go and do in and of our strengths. And we say, God, I'm done trying, and now you do what you do. And I've seen God do so much more when I stop and say, it's time for me to rest. It's time for me to pause. And it's time to get out of God's way. Other thing that I need you to get in your spirit. One of the dangers of overcrowding your schedule and not leaving margin in your schedule for quiet moments with Jesus is you will miss the opportunity to hear from him. You leave no margin in your life. You, you, you jam pack your schedule. You're so addicted to being busy that you are going to miss an opportunity to hear from him. And you're going to miss the moments that he wants 
to share with you. That, that's one of my biggest concerns for where we are headed um, just as a society, as a people, as a culture. We are just so addicted to being busy. Now, can I parallel that with what we see here in Luke chapter 2? Because a town full of crowded inns, as we read, all of the inns, there was no capacity. They had reached their occupancy. They had that lighted up neon sign that said no vacancy. I'm kidding. They didn't have electricity. But, but if they did, there would have been that sign that said no vacancy. And, and here's the deal. I believe a crowded inn in Jesus' day is the equivalent to a crowded heart today. When you've just got too much going on in your life. We want special moments with our Heavenly Father, but there's no room for Him in the end of our lives. There's no room for him in our hearts. There's no room for him in our schedule. And so Jesus is born in a manger because there's nowhere else for him to go. But here's what that tells me. His birth was not going to be held up by an occupancy problem. It wasn't. And, And can I take that application just a little further? The application is this. God will accomplish his plans here on this earth with or without you. That's just the fact. He is going to accomplish his plan here on earth with or without you. If you are too busy for what God wants to do through you, he will go on to the next person and he will do it through them. I have seen this time and time again. When you say no to God, it doesn't mean all of a sudden heaven stops and his will is cut off from being manifest here in this earth. It's just, okay, we're going to go to the next person. And we're going to go to someone whose heart is open. We're going to go to someone who's not too busy to do my will. I'm going to go to the next person. Because here's the deal. His plans are not beholden to the busyness of our lives, especially when he never calls you to live with that much busyness in your life. So I want you to get that, okay? If you want to have these moments with your heavenly father, if you want to go through this year and have these moments where you're like, oh my God, I saw God in that. And I was going through this pain and this hurt, but I saw God in that. Even in this mountaintop experience, I saw God in that. How do I do that, Pastor Josh? It's very simple. Two words, slow down. You you have got to slow down down your life. Spend more time at the start of your day with your heavenly father and invite him into your day and then open your eyes to the moments that he wants to share with you. Leave margin in your life and don't perfectly plan out every minute of your day. Leave some room, okay? Resist that urge to be busy just for the sake of being busy. Now, here's the last thing that I want to say. Some moments are the moments, some moments are the moments. Let me, let me break that down for you, okay? If uh, you continue to read uh, the, the book of Luke, picking up where we just left off on verse 7, I want to read to you what happened when Jesus was born that night in Bethlehem, okay? Here's what happens. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly 
frightened. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly the angel was joined, watch this now, by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, praising God, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to all whom God favors. Wow, talk about a moment. You've got these shepherds out there watching the sheep, and not only does one angel come, it's like there's one angel, you know. He shows up, and he's bringing them good messages and good tidings, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to sing a song. Boom, a whole choir full of angels show up, and now they're singing. Come on, how many would you like God, how many of you would like for God to talk to you like that? You're like, then I'd listen, <laughs> then I'd know what to do, then I'd know what God's will is for my life. I would love to have a moment like that. Sometimes I wish he would speak to me like that. That would be great, right? You wouldn't have to guess. Was that from God? Was there not from God? Oh, there was a choir of angels, definitely from God. Some of you are like, man, I wish he would talk to me like that. Let me give you some perspective, though. Let me give you some perspective, okay? A pandemic hasn't happened to us in over 100 years in, in our nation. Okay. We've not seen anything like this in over 100 years. So while it might not be a chorus of angels, we are living through a time that we've not lived through in over 100 years. Don't miss it. For all of you that were waiting for a big sign and you were like, I'm just waiting for God to show me. He's trying to show you. Come on now. With all the things that have happened here in 2020, I think that if you were waiting for God to show you something, this is the time. But, but you know what my fear is? My fear is we're going to come out on the other side of this pandemic and some of you are still not going to get the thing that God wanted you to do. I mean, you're in lockdown in quarantine mode and you're still not even trying to hear God's voice. And then life's going to get busy like it was before and you are going to be able to stay out past 10 p.m. Curfew's going to be lifted and you're like, I don't know. God just doesn't speak to me. And he literally locked down everything to try to get a hold of you. So for those of you that were waiting for a big sign, I think this is it. For those of you that were waiting for a big moment, I think this is it. So some moments become the moments, and you have to discern those things. This is the moment. When I think about that moment that I shared with you with my son, Jaden, I can say that that was that sort of moment for us. I say something right now, but church, I love you. Just know that I love you. My name is Josh. I'm your friend. I love you, okay? But, but here's the deal. I love the church. I love you all a ton, but I love my family more, okay? I love my family more. And um, here's the deal. Um, that moment that I celebrated with my son, that, that, that moment of our one-year anniversary custom bracelets letter to us, that probably wouldn't have happened had our service gone on as, as scheduled. We would have been busy that day. Probably would have got a hotel that night really close to the church so that we could be there bright and early in the morning. Our kids would have been troopers that would have put on their game face and we would have gone through the busyness of our day. And if I think about it, and if I'm honest with myself, I probably wouldn't have had that moment with my son on that day. And that was such a meaningful moment. And what I mean by that is that was really the moment. That was the moment for us. That was the moment for my family. Because here's the deal, and I'm coming to a close now. Here's the deal. Here's what I've really um, made a decision about as we've launched Lighthouse Church. 
If we build a great church and I lose my sons, did I win? Did we win? Did, did I get my priorities right? If we, we build a great big church, but we lose our kids in the process. And so that moment was a watershed moment for me. And it reminded me of this, that the boys are watching me. The boys are watching Joanna. They're watching what we do. They're watching what we say. And so, you know, I will, I, I, I'm actually creating moments for them. And in return, every now and then, they create a moment just for me. So some moments are the moments. It's that reminder that this is why we do what we do. That this is the real thing that you cannot miss. And as we close our time together, I'm going to ask you on this first Sunday of December that we commit to turning over this Christmas season to our Heavenly Father. Could you do that? Could you commit right there, wherever you're watching from, you and your family, could you commit to turning over this Christmas season to our Heavenly Father? Like I said, you probably won't live through another pandemic. I sure hope not. We've not lived through anything like this in over 100 years. I, I hope we don't see this again. I hope my kids never have to live through something like this again and their kids and so forth. I, I hope not. So why not take this Christmas and say, Father, I'm turning it over entirely to you. Because here's what happens. We get so lost in the busyness of Christmas, the hustle and bustle and the giving of gifts and the, the celebrating, you know, parties. And I think this year you're probably not going to party like you did previously. And that's probably a good thing. What if in 2020, this year that uh, y'all remember everyone talking about 2020 and what God was going to do in 2020. He's going to give you 2020 vision in 2020. I don't have 2020 vision. I got really bad vision. So I was like, I receive it. I want 2020 vision. Anyway, uh, but, but what if, what if in 2020, all of that promise of blessing that was going to just come down on 2020, what, what if we chose to see that it gave us an opportunity to spend more time with the Father because Christmas is a little different, because family gatherings look a little different. What if we treated this Christmas as a gift? What if we treated this December as a moment, a moment where we said, you know, this year, 2020, we didn't lose sight of what was the most important moment. This was the year that we really leaned in and celebrated the birth of our Lord and Savior. Don't fall victim to the hustle and the bustle of Christmas and miss the one event that we are centering our world upon, the birth of Jesus. I want to take in a moment right now where I pray over you and we're going to close. I'm going to pray and we'll do our offering piece in just a moment. And uh, before I do that, I want to just say, if anyone is watching online right now and you've not yet received Jesus, as I pray this prayer, would you invite him into your heart? Would you invite him into your life? If, if you want to take advantage of all that we are living through right now, and there are people that have found Lighthouse Church online, you've been watching us, you've gone to some of our outdoor services, and you're coming around church. If you've not yet made a decision to follow Jesus, you can do that right now, wherever you are watching from. And once you've done that, here's what I want for you to do. Fill out that connect card. Let us know. Write it down. I made a decision to follow Jesus. We want to follow up with you. You can even leave it in the comment section, and one of our team members will grab that message, and we're going to get a hold of you. But as I lead you in prayer, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, do that. Now, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that we have 
such an opportunity in front of us. Christmas is going to look less busy this year. I wonder, Father, if we could take that as a gift and we could take that as an opportunity, Father, to get closer to you, to really center ourselves on the true meaning of Christmas. It is recognizing your birth and recognizing heaven coming down, heaven among us, God among us, Emmanuel. Father, for everyone right now that has never made a decision to follow you, as they make a confession, I pray that you would come to where they are, meet them where they are at. We pray for every person that is making a decision to follow you. We thank you in advance, Lord God, and we celebrate this new day. But whether this is our first decision or we've been walking in this journey for years now, let us slow down this December and let us remember that you are for us, you are with us, and you are creating moments among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.